We thank you so much for your presence. We pray now, Lord God, that you would speak to us by your word and through your spirit today. Thank you, Lord, for eyes to see and ears to hear. Thank you for strengthening us today in these last days. And we give you praise and we give you glory for it in Jesus' name. And all said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Pastor Tom and group. Let's give them a big hand today. Praise God. So we are in a series called Jesus Is. And the first Sunday we talked about Jesus is our shepherd. The second Sunday we talked about Jesus is our righteousness. Last week we talked about Jesus is the name above every name. Now we're going to continue along those lines. So I'd like for you to turn your Bibles to the book of Philippians, the second chapter in verses 9 through 11. I also read to you a prophecy that was given way back in 1978 by Kenneth E. Hagan in his seminar, The Name of Jesus. And uh, we're going to hand that out to you at the end of the service. It's a great word. Make sure that you get it. And uh, we're going to hand that out to you. Praise the Lord. In Philippians, the second chapter, and notice with me, In verses 9 through 11. If you have it, say, I have it. Amen. You may not have it in front of you, but you've got it up there. Philippians 2, wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things or beings in heaven, of things in the earth or beings in the earth and things or beings under the earth. Verse 11, And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So we've read uh, extensively in Ephesians chapter 1 that this name is above every name. Now, it's good to know that, but we understand that when Jesus was raised from the dead and placed all things under his feet, he did that for the benefit of his church. He did that for the benefit of the body of Christ. And that's you, and that is me. The name of Jesus belongs to the church. The name of Jesus belongs to believers. Amen. In Mark chapter 16, and let's look over there and just rehearse in verse 15 through verse 20. We need to understand that this name is not foreign to the believer. This name belongs to you and it belongs to me. In Mark chapter 16 verse 15, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The gospel is good news. People don't need to hear bad news. There's enough bad news going around. The gospel's good news, right? And so as believers, that's our responsibility to be a light and to be a witness in the world in which we live. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Say it with me, I believe. believe. He says, in my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. In my name, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So in this great commission, we've been given this name above every name. This name belongs to you and belongs to me. All the authority... All the power that was in Jesus is in his name. And he's given his name to the church. And the early believers knew what they had. And they used it. How many of you remember the account of Peter and John? 
They were going into the temple to pray. It was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It says the ninth hour of the day. And they passed by a crippled man who was begging alms. I want us to look at that this morning. So let's turn over to Acts, the third chapter. Notice with me in verses 3 through 6. Acts, the third chapter, and verses 3 through 6. This man was lame from his mother's womb. He was in a desperate circumstance and in a desperate situation. Who's seen Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms or asked for some money. And Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John and he said, look on us. And the man gave heed, expecting to receive something of them. Now here's what Peter said. Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, Peter knew what belonged to him. He knew that the name of Jesus was his because he was in Christ and Christ was in him. Therefore, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Let's read that verse together. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Did the man rise up? Did the man walk? He not only walked, but he went walking and leaping and praising God. Amen. I could have you stand up and try that on for size today if you wanted to. He was walking and leaping and praising God. You know, I think it would help us if we all walked and leaped and praised God a little bit more. Amen. What was he walking and leaping and praising God about? The matter of fact is that he had not walked from his mother's womb and he was healed by the power of God. He was healed because Peter had faith in the name of Jesus and he went on his way completely whole. Amen. I wonder, will his name do the same today? I wonder, is his name less powerful today than it was yesterday? Absolutely not. Jesus Christ and his name is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his name on your lips and his name coming out of your mouth will cause the enemy to flee. His name, which is above every name, when you lay hands upon the sick, they will recover. Because faith in the name always prevails over all situations and all circumstances. Can you say amen? Amen. So here's my point. Peter knew that he had something. The church world as a whole today doesn't know that much about the name of Jesus. And so it's important to preach along these lines because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, if you have something and you don't know you have it, it's not going to do you any good. Amen. I mean, if you're out driving down 101 and you run out of gas and you don't think you have any money, you're in big trouble if you don't have AAA or something like that. Later on, you may open up your wallet or open up your purse and discover you had $100. Well, that $100 didn't do you any good because you didn't know you had it. And that's the circumstance a lot of people in the body of Christ are in today. They're just kind of, oh, you know, pray for me that I'll just hold out faithful to the end. I'm just a beggar just walking through this life. No, believers are not beggars. Believers are victors. Believers are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Amen. 
but it's mo, mo, very uh, almost spoke Spanish. It's muy importante that we <laughs> that we know what belongs to us. It's very important, folks, and and we don't want to just look at the name as kind of a good luck charm. And kind of an emergency thing. No, the name should be proclaimed in our daily lives. The name of Jesus in the morning. Plead in the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus over your loved ones, over your church, over your nation. Amen. Say with me, I have a name which is above every name. Now, Charles Spurgeon was a Baptist minister and he was... Uh, ministering in the 1800s. And I want to relate a story to you about him. He was called to the home of an elderly person who was bedfast. And malnutrition was just about to take her physical life. But during his visit, Mr. Spurgeon noticed that there was a framed document on the wall. And he asked the woman, is this your document? And she said, yes. And she explained that she had worked at a maid for, as a maid in the household of a person of English nobility. And she said, before lady so-and-so died, the woman gave that to me. And she said, I've saved it for nearly half of a century. She says, I'm just so proud of it. She gave it to me. And it's been hanging on that wall ever since she died 10 years ago. And Mr. Spurgeon looked at it and says, Would you allow me to take that and show it to some people and show it to some authorities? She said, oh, sure you can, but just make sure I get it back. So he took it to the authorities, and they'd been looking for it for years and years. It was a bequest. It was an inheritance. You see, the English woman had left this lady money and a home. And the elderly woman lived in this little one-room house built out of wooden boxes, nearly starving to death. And yet she had hanging on the wall a document that authorized her to be well taken care of for her whole life. The money was gathering interest. It belonged to her. Spurgeon helped her get it. But it didn't do her much good because she was getting older. And this is indicative, my brothers and sisters, of what's happened in the church world. In the church world, people are kind of living in a little rundown shanty, spiritually speaking, while lying on the desk and lying on the table is a copy of the new covenant. Oh, and yes, people are proud of their family Bibles, but they've never taken time to look inside and find out what belongs to them. You and I have an inheritance. Hallelujah. Jesus was crucified, was buried, and rose again from the dead to see that his inheritance, that he left you as heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus, would be received by his sons and daughters. Amen. We need to know what belongs to us. Healing belongs to us. You know what else belongs to us? Deliverance belongs to us soundness of mind and wholeness in every area of life belongs to us in acts chapter 4 and we look at verse 12 let's look over there are you ready to shout or not acts the fourth chapter and the 12th verse this is a great verse of scripture glory to god we need to know what belongs to us Accept what belongs to us. Believe what belongs to us. And receive all that is ours in His name. 
Now notice in, in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now we know this is true in the area of being saved from our sins. There's no other name that can save us. Buddha can't save us. Muhammad can't save us. Amen. The Moonies couldn't do it. There's no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. His name is? Jesus. What is his name? Jesus. His name is above? Every name. Hallelujah. And whoever calls upon the? Name. Of the Lord shall be? Saved. Man, you're quick. This is a bright bunch. Hallelujah. Salvation in the name of Jesus. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But now here's a revelation. That word saved there in the Greek is sozo. And that word sozo means not only salvation from your sins, but it means salvation for your body. It means deliverance. It means wholeness. It means preservation. Hallelujah. I just dropped by to tell you this morning that there's preservation in the name of Jesus. That there's wholeness in the name of Jesus. You don't have to lose your mind. Jesus bought and paid the price for a sound mind. He didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a power and a love. Somebody help a preacher out today. No, thank God. Let's wake up. And let's find out what belongs to us. We've had it in our hands all the time. It's ours. What is it? It's the name. It's the name that Peter knew he had. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, we couldn't say that this woman didn't have a nice home available to her. We couldn't say that she had money laid aside for her. But she just didn't know it. It was a legal document signed, sealed, and delivered to her. And you and I have a legal document, 66 books, that's been authored by the Holy Ghost, sealed by the Holy Ghost, and delivered unto you and unto me. What do you say? We open it, find out what belongs to us, and rejoice in the Lord our God. Hallelujah. His name is above every name. And then... His name, which is above every name, will also work in the area of prayer. How many of you want to know how to get your prayers answered? Well, you've got to come right, right? Well, let's look over at John chapter 16. And notice with me in verse 23 and 24. John the 16th chapter. Glory to God. Now, notice in verse 23, he says, in that day, amen, he's talking about in the day that I rise from the dead. You don't ask me anything, nothing. Truly, truly, I say unto you that whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, what will he do? He'll give it to you. Now, notice verse 24. Hitherto is a fancy word for up till now. Up till now, you've asked me nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that what might happen. 
that your joy may be full. Let me ask you this morning, how many of you have prayed to the Father in the name of Jesus, got your answer, got your manifestation before? Amen. What was the result of that? Were you sad? Were you walking around with your head down? No, you got happy. Amen. You got filled with the joy of the Lord. Now, I want us to look at that in the Amplified Version, if you could pull that up. Verse 23 and verse 24. This name above every name is the key to answered prayer. He said, and when that time comes, in other words, when I'm raised from the dead, you'll ask nothing of me. You will need to ask me no questions. I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, that my Father will grant you whatever you ask in my name as presenting all that I am. I love that statement, my Father will grant you. Did you know that your Father has given out good grants? Amen? Now notice in verse 24. Up to this time you've asked not, not a single thing in my name as presenting all that I am. But now ask and keep on asking and you will receive so that your joy, your gladness, your delight may be full and complete. Amen. Don't you just love that phrase? So that your joy, your gladness, and your delight may be full and complete. Amen. Now, how many of you have a key that unlocks the door of your automobile? Okay, you've got a key that unlocks the door of your automobile. Now, I may say, well, I'm unlocking the door. But really, it's the key that does it. See, I have a key that fits the ignition. I couldn't start the car, and you couldn't start the car without the key. The key is a most important factor in driving that car. Without a key, guess where you're going? Let me ask that again. (laughs) Without a key, how far are you going to go? You're not going to go very far. You're not going to go anywhere without a key to your automobile. Amen? There's a key to prayer. Without which we can't get anywhere. But all this key will unlock the doors and the windows of heaven and grant your every need. The key is the name of Jesus. And Jesus is your mediator. He's your intercessor. He's your advocate. And he is your Lord. And he stands between us and the Father. And in the Bible we are told to pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. Therefore to be sure that our prayers reach the Father. We must come according to the rules laid down in the word. In that day you shall ask me nothing. But whatsoever, when I've been raised from the dead, you shall ask the Father in my name. He will give it to you. Hallelujah. And I love what one writer says. Listen to this statement. He said, this puts prayer on a purely legal basis. For he has given us the right to use his name. As we take our privileges and rights in the new covenant... And we pray in Jesus' name. It passes out of our hands into the hands of Jesus. 
He then assumes the responsibility of that prayer. And we know that he said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me, for I know that you hear me always. In other words, we know that the Father always hears Jesus. And when we pray in Jesus' name, it is though Jesus himself were doing the praying. He takes our place. Now listen to this. This places prayer not only on legal grounds, but it makes it a business proposition. When we pray, we take Jesus' place here to carry out his will, and he takes our place before the Father. He goes on to say, so the possibilities enfolded in that name are beyond our understanding. When he says to the church, whatever you'll ask the Father in my name, he's giving us a sign check on the resources of heaven, and he's asking us to fill it in. Glory to God. Ask the Father in my name, Jesus said. I will endorse that and the Father will give it to you. Amen. I can remember years ago when pastors were looking for buildings and pastors were looking for places to have church. I can remember Brother Hagin saying this, that a lot of folks sell themselves short and they settle for a little broken down building. They settle for a little storefront building. They settle for much less than what Christ could do for them. And I remember dad saying this so clearly as if it was yesterday. He says, is that all his name can provide? No, that's not all his name can provide. He can provide much, much more than you and I could ever ask or think. Somebody says, are you coming against storefront churches? That's not the point. Just lose that attitude right now. I'm not coming against anybody. What I'm coming against is a low mentality of our rights and privileges in Christ Jesus. My people, says, are, he said, are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. In Ephesians, the third chapter, and in the 20th verse, he says, now unto him that, he, that is able. Is our God able? I ask you once again, is your God able? Well, some of you aren't convinced yet. Look at Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. It says, now unto him that is able. Now notice, what's he able to do? He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And it's according to the power that's working in us. If you look in the new covenant and find out what belongs to you and get filled with the word and filled with the spirit and filled with the power and you get that working in you, you are in position for the exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Now notice that word abundantly. Where else do we see that word abundantly? Just keep that right up there. We see the word abundantly in John 10.10. He says, I've come that you might have life and have it more redundantly. No, he didn't come to give us the redundant, boring, vanilla kind of life. He came to give us a spicy, abundant, full, joyful life to the full. Hallelujah. Until it overflows. Now, 
Some of you are still not convinced. So look at the amplified version. Amplified version of Ephesians 3.20. Glory to God. Is that all his name can provide? Don't sell yourself short by looking at yourself. But rather shift your focus and look unto him. Look unto the one that hurled back the hosts of hell on your behalf. Look unto the one that was raised from the dead and raised you from the dead. Don't look below, but look unto him, saith the Lord, and he will see fullness and joy and all that belongs to you. Amen. Let's read verse 20 together. Ready, read. Now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work in us. Let's stop right now and say he's a working. He's working. Now let's do it real fast. He's working, he's working, he's working. He's working in you. He's working in your loved ones. He's working in the nation. He's working in Florida. Now to him, by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us. He's working in us. What is he able to do? This makes it even more clear. He is able, read it with me, to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly. Stop right there. He said abundantly in the King James, but now we've gone into the super. Hallelujah. Walmart used to have just regular Walmarts. Now they got the superstores. Amen. A superstore means more than the one before. Amen. So he's able to do, carry out his purpose and to do super abundantly. Read it with me. Far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, Far over and above. That's where you've been raised. That's where I've been raised. Far above all principality and power. You and I have been raised far above poverty. We've been raised far above lack. Amen? We have been brought into the super abundant God quality and God quantity of life. Hallelujah. Far over and above. So when you're trusting God for your life, believe God big. Amen. Don't sell yourself short. Don't look at what you can do. Don't look at what you can provide. Somebody says, are you telling me to quit my job? No, 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 no. No, we need to be responsible. But God's able to do out beyond our job. See, here, here's the problem. And, and I'll, I'll throw myself in that box as well. We limit God. We limit God. And for us to enter into the exceeding abundantly, we've got to take all the limits off. I can remember uh, Happy Caldwell. Happy Caldwell... Uh, it was a pastor, is a pastor down in Little Rock. He retired now, but he's still ministering all over the world. And Happy was over in Hawaii one time. And, and if you've ever been over in Hawaii, especially over in the Honolulu area, and you go into certain neighborhoods, you will see some mansions, some big, big, nice houses. 
You might as well get ready for your mansion. He's gone to prepare a place for you. Amen. He didn't say in my father's house are many double bungalows. Amen. He said in my father's house there are many mansions. Hallelujah. And uh, I remember Happy saying this. He drove by one of these big houses and he looked at it. He says, oh, I, I, I could never, ever have something like that. And the Lord spoke to him and says, and you never will. You never will. You never will. Why, Lord? Because it will be unto you according to your faith. If you can't see yourself debt free, you'll never be debt free. If you can't see yourself in the exceeding abundantly beyond, you'll never be there. It starts by changing our focus off ourself. It starts by changing our focus off what we can do onto what God has done and what God can do and will do. And this, is, this has been a big thing for me. I can remember way back in 1984 when we were over there in a little school uh, off of, uh, I don't remember the avenue over there, but we were in a little school in the San Leandro Manor and we were subleasing from Redwood Christian High School over there on Fargo Avenue. And I can remember that Marina High School came up for rent. Now, if you know what Marina High School was like, it was thousands and thousands and thousands of square feet. They were closing the school, and the San Lorenzo School District was looking to lease it. I can remember walking in there. I just remember like it was yesterday. I was with Gene Marquez. Gino was my buddy. I remember Gino. Gino's been in heaven a few years. I think of Gino a lot. He's a good man. Amen. But I can remember just walking into that gymnasium. That gymnasium could probably seat 1,500 to 2,000 people. I can remember looking around at all the classrooms and different things. I walked in there for about five minutes. And I says, it's too big. Walked right out. It's too big. What was happening? I was limiting God by looking at myself. I was limiting Him but what I thought I could do. But what I thought I could produce. How many of you know the Lord needed to deal with your pastor? <laughs> he needed to deal with me. He needed to talk with me. And basically over the process of time, it's probably less than a month, the Lord began to work with me and I started seeing the possibilities. You know, the Bible says that all things are possible. But not just to anybody. All things are possible to him that what? That believeth. He needs our faith to connect with his will. And when our faith connects with his will, he can take that which is looking impossible and turn it right around because he's a God with whom there are no impossibilities. Come on, somebody. So I had to stop looking at myself. I had to stop looking at the size of our congregation, PT. I knew that it was going to be an upgrade of, of money to lease it. I knew it was going to be a stretch for our faith. How many of you know it's good for you to stretch your faith? Just make sure it's the will of God. Don't, don't, you know, it could be the PTA last night. 
but know the will of God and know the plan of God. And so, thank God, we as a whole church were able to stretch. But you know what? If the pastor wasn't able to stretch, the church would have never stretched. Are you listening to me? And we could have stayed in a, is that all that Jesus could provide? For years and years and years. But instead, we moved into this great, big, gigantic facility. Thousands and thousands and thousands of square feet. How many of you were around in 84 to 88? It was quite a treat. It was quite a blessing. We were able to strengthen the base. God was able to bring in people. Come on, somebody. From the north, the south, to the east, and the west. Hallelujah. But there are things that will never happen until we come under his lordship and say, Lord, work in me a work. Help me to see what I don't see. Help me to believe in the exceeding, abundant, above all that I can ask or think. And the good news is this. We were there for four or five years. Then we moved into another facility that at that time was 40,000 square foot. And then we left the land of leasing and we came to the land of ownership. The land of ownership. Thank God for it. We shall not be moved. I said we shall not be, we shall not be moved. In generations to come, if Jesus, Terry, and Brenda and I go the way, hallelujah, and finish our course and leave this earth, this church will still be here. For generations to come. We've come into the land. Now, God's got a land for all of us individually. He's got a land for you. He's got a wealthy place for you. He's got a greater place for you. Take the limits off of him. Pray that the eyes of your heart would be flooded with light. Believe God big because he's a big God. Amen. Stop thinking about what you can do and look at what he's done. And look what he will do. You know, he's not finished with you yet. He's not finished with us yet here. Hallelujah. I believe the best is yet to come. Amen. Looking away from all that will distract unto Jesus. Just keep your eyes on him. Keep your eyes on him. Let his word dwell in you richly. And let God do a mighty work in you. Amen. Somebody says, does that mean we're all going to be millionaires? No, I'm not talking about that. What that means is we'll have a full supply. Amen. I said, we'll have a full supply. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, it says, but my God shall supply. He shall supply. What shall he supply? He'll supply all you need. And he'll do it according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you looking at millionaires today? I believe I am. But it's not being a million, not about being a millionaire. It's not about being a billionaire. It's being a good Christian. Amen. Doing the will of God and knowing that you have more than more than enough, not only for your need, but for the needs of others around you. Jesus is the name above every name. And whatever you shall ask the father in my name, he will give it you. I dare you. I exhort you. I encourage you to take the limits off of God. Amen. And believe him, believe him to do for you what you could never, ever do for yourself. Hallelujah. 
Well, somebody says, does that mean should I keep playing the lottery? No, I'm not talking about the lottery. (laughs) Hallelujah. We're not talking about chance here. This is not a chancy thing. This is a sure thing. We've got a better covenant. We've got a sure covenant established upon better promises. This world will drain you. This world will leave you. But Jesus will lift you and he will bless you. He's given you a covenant. He's a covenant keeping God. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, my God. He's more than more than enough. And I trust him with all of my life and with all of my heart. I encourage you, if you have not started to tithe, start tithing. Bring your 10% to the Lord. You will be amazed at what God will do. You will be just literally amazed at the things that happen in your life. You talk about doors of opportunities. You talk about the windows of heaven open to you. Oh, hallelujah. It is a blessing to tithe. Why? Because he takes that 10% that you put into his hand and he just turns right around and blesses your socks off with it. But not only that, he can make your 90% go much, much further than your 100% would. Have you discovered that? Oh, glory to God. He will rebuke the devourer for your sake. He will shut down Satan. He will shut down lack for you. And he will cause you to prosper. Amen. Amen. I didn't intend to get off on that today, but I'm glad I did. Let's raise our hands and thank him for what we're hearing today. Glory to God. Glory to God. And there's authority in his name. There's authority to speak to doubt and to fear in his name. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed.